The John Crocker and Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast. Brought to you in association with Palace. Great property management software at getpalace.com. And Moving House Property Video. Bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. In this episode, David speaks to Greg Watson, owner of Manawatu's award-winning real estate and property management firm, Watson Property. Welcome to the New Zealand Property Management Podcast. I'm your host, David Faulkner. In this edition, I was recently in the Manawatu and had the opportunity to catch up with Greg Watson from the award-winning property management company, Watson Integrity. Welcome to the show and I'm here today with Greg Watson in Palmerston North from Watson Real Estate the multiple award-winning property management company. Greg, thanks a lot for joining us on the show. Great to have you with us. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. Okay. So how long have you been involved in the property management industry for? Well, I came into the property management industry probably about 12 years ago, and it was out of necessity. We started our company in 1996. I worked in administration and then sales for a while. Going back to around the time I had to start, there was an employee that was in an instant dismissal situation and they were sole in charge of property management, so I thought it's a good opportunity to step up and improve that part of the business. Right. Okay, so the business is now nearly coming up to its 20th anniversary. That's right. It'll be a big party next year. Yeah, good stuff. Good. Now, you've, you've developed quite a bit of a, a, a reputation um, across not just in New Zealand but also in Australia as being one of the pioneers of the industry. Have you always been, uh, would you class yourself as a, a complete entrepreneur? I'd probably consider myself as an early adopter, Dave. Uh, I'm probably right on the cusp between an innovator and an early adopter. I think the innovators are the people that go out and think up a new and original idea. And there has been a number of those in property management over the years. Anything from directly uploading listings to real estate websites through to uh, a lot of the communication methods, the the use of mobile devices, etc. But originally someone had to start each of those things. So what, what I do and what really interests me is improving the business. And what I found is that I researched not only in Australia and New Zealand, but also in the States and, and in Europe to see what companies are doing to try and get ahead of, ahead of the trend. So I think I've always had the ability to spot an idea yeah. and deduce that it could be a good idea and worth implementing. Okay, good stuff. And, and so what trends do you see happening in the industry at the moment? Well, I think that we are in an interesting situation at the moment where there's a lot of technology choices available to us that can really improve efficiencies behind the scenes, can also improve, in a sense, the level of communication to our clients. However, there's also a risk that... We can't lose sight of the fact that it's a very people-related job that we do and that the nothing beats picking up the phone. And there was a trend away from that for a while. I think it's now trending back where people are preferring the relationships. Another area where I think things will be moving and are moving already is in the, in the field of outsourcing. Right. Eff- effectively finding throughout an organisation the high-value tasks and assigning them to the people that are being paid the most so the company gets best value for money and therefore outsourcing to a lower wage the jobs that are really the the administrative jobs or the jobs that are slowing down down staff members. Uh, 
So could you see in, eventually at one stage where, say, something like trust accounting and doing the daily reconciliation? Because um, I've seen a couple of companies now in Australia which actively promote that, that they outsource the, the daily reconciliation. Can you see things like that being outsourced? Absolutely. Any, anything administrative. I think people underestimate how skilled workers are either there's a couple of options one is to keep it within the country and employ somebody for so many hours a week that could work from home but the biggest trend is is moving overseas so in countries like the philippines or india or pakistan you've got people who are university graduates working for double or triple a wage that might otherwise be provided for them for doing jobs like the background administration flyers marketing, editing videos, all that sort of thing for property management. So can I just stop you there, Greg, because do you think that um, there could be a bit of a backlash against that, though? Say if your consumers are going, well, you know, you could be depriving somebody locally out of a job? Absolutely, and that's one of the difficult things with it is I know in New Zealand, for example, it's pretty unpopular and there's been some, well, publicised cases of larger companies that have outsource and then had to bring it back to New Zealand. When we trialled outsourcing, we trialled it for about 12 months offshore, it was a secret mm-hmm. because we didn't want the outsource workers to be emailing or talking to our clients directly. Yeah. So the property managers were still doing all the communication with tenants and owners, but the actual preparation of documentation, uh, editing, those sorts of things was done offshore. So from the client perspective, there was no difference. In fact, there was an improvement in service. And uh, we've more recently come to the conclusion that we would employ somebody locally. Okay, so this isn't just to property management, is it? I mean, if you're a real estate agent, potentially, your PA could be based somewhere in Manila or Mumbai. Absolutely, and the standard of marketing and standard of materials that they can put together is as good as anywhere. Yeah. Now, I want to go back a couple of steps, Greg, if I can, because you started to talk about the the importance of the phone. Now, this company, uh, Watson's, is is renowned for its use on on technology. Yes. Is it possible that sometimes you can lose sight of picking up the phone? How do you make sure that your property managers are skilled in still having that relationship you know, where they pick up the phone and talk to the clients. Yeah, the one of the issues, Dave, with technology is you can use it as a shield to hide behind. Mm-hmm. I think many of us would be familiar with the situation where text messages or emails go back and forth, there's miscommunications, misunderstandings, and all in all it can take longer than actually just having a five-minute conversation. So the, it's a matter of monitoring. We actually have a number of calls that the property managers must make per week to the clients and uh, those are recorded in terms of the number of calls, and there's a manager that works in the area that just encourages them to to make those calls. So if you're you're somebody who, if you see somebody who's new coming into the industry, what advice would you give to, say, somebody wanting to get into property management? What are the traits that you look for? Well, I think uh, the advice would be that this game is all about people and all about relationships. The skills that we look for are really the non-trainable personality types, type skills and attributes, you know, that people are enthusiastic, that they care about people, they want to help people, and they have very good communication skills. It does help if they can relate to a range of different people. And the actual day-to-day parts of the job are very much trainable. They're very process 
based. And what we need is outwardly a reflection of the company being fantastic customer service and inwardly very good systems and procedures that the clients don't necessarily have to see, but they experience the benefits from. Okay, so what you're saying is property management is very much a process. The, the, the day-to-day work is a process, but you have to match that with the relationship building because the clients, the owners and, and the tenants, they only come to us when something is happening that's of importance to them. And it's important that we build those relationships at other times during the year. We're just currently trying to have at least 13 points of contact in the first 12 months of working with with new clients. And that's a combination of newsletters, phone calls and, and so forth. Just to build that relationship, it does take quite some time to build trust. So how, how often would you, you think that a property manager should be actually physically talking uh, to the clients and, and, and obviously it's not just about repairs and maintenance or whatever mm-hmm. how often should they make in those positive good news calls? I'd say probably uh, I'd expect about four times a year minimum but if that's spaced with uh, newsletters as well then, then then the communication can be sort of amplified but I'd say at least four times if if we, if we look at the flip side if you or I had a property that's being managed yeah. wouldn't it be nice just to hear from them regularly you know who the person is, you know that they even just knowing that things are well in hand is really helpful. And we just have to flip it around sometimes and think, what would we want? Yeah, and and what, what would really impress us? And automatically, I mean, what you, you then establish is if the, the, the landlord's receiving a call mm-hmm. from the property manager, they're not going, oh my God, this is going to cost me more money. It could, the, the right, could be good news. Could be good news, could yeah. be something educational. Yeah. Well, this morning I was looking at our vacancy rates, and there's an interesting report we can get from our software which shows the percentage of occupancy in a property. Yeah. And there's nothing better than bringing an owner saying, oh, we've been looking after your property for three years, just letting you know that we've had 100% occupancy in your property. You may recall when you bought an investment property, they probably advised you that it could be available for a couple of weeks each year. By keeping those six weeks full, you're thousands of dollars better off. So, so there's always good news. And uh, it's just a matter of finding it, and we can find it within our own stats as well. Yeah. Do you think that landlords sometimes get, because when you look at the ratio of owners per property, it's generally the vast majority of client base will only own one or two properties. Yes. Do you think the scope there for for growth where we can probably educate our landlords into buying more properties? That's an area that's really underutilised by property management and real estate companies and growing their businesses because sometimes people think that they should buy an investment property, and they do, they get so far through life and then they buy one, but they don't necessarily then get the best advice about whether they should buy again or when they should buy again, or the advantages of doing so. So I think really proactive property management companies are providing investor support sort of programs, giving our owner clients the information that can really help them to improve what they're doing with regards to property investments. We're not allowed to give investment advice, yeah. But uh, we can certainly be asking the questions, have you thought about buying again? Is it something you could talk to an accountant about? Those, those sorts of things, just to help move them into a better position. So, so there's a lot of growth within your rent roll, is what you're saying. And it, it, generally what you're saying also is that it goes on tapped in, in a lot of occasions. Well, that, that's right. And the, it's, when you're having these calls to owners, it's another thing you can talk about. Mm. You can say, oh, Mary, we're just looking at your situation and we'd love working with you investment property is working well for you. Have you 
thought about buying another one? Is it something that could help you and benefit you in future? Because we want to do the best by you and really help you into a position that's, that's the best possible. So, Greg, I mean, looking at the what your property managers do, can I ask, they work on a portfolio or on a pod system? What are they doing at the moment? Well, largely it's a portfolio system, and we've used a portfolio system for many years. We've trialled pod system recently, which I believe is probably the best system I've seen. That is where you have particular tasks for three people in the pod. You generally have somebody that works, a more experienced person working with the landlord, owner, client, uh, the slightly less experienced property manager working with the tenants, and then admin support. So we've trialled that as well. I think it's fantastic, but it's important you get the right mix of people yeah. and that you monitor with uh, with some good KPIs. So just with the team, team mix that we've got at the moment, we're, we're portfolio-based. Okay, and, and, and what do you think is a comfortable number? It's a big question which everyone asks, mm-hmm. and everywhere you go, so everybody wants to know how many your, your manager's looking after. I mean, on, on average, what do you think? Um, Probably on, on average, Dave, that at the moment it's about 160, but they can go higher. I've got absolutely no doubt about that, because as we use outsourcing and getting better administrative support and technology, they can manage more. I, I absolutely firm in my beliefs on that. And the number of property manager, sorry, the number of properties a property manager can manage really is quite dependent on the level of admin support and, and other support. But in my company, they do everything from letting right through to the, the full full management service. So we don't have a separate letting agent. And yeah. they manage uh, 160 without much trouble. Now you touched there on KPIs. Yes. And, and, and KPIs, they must be an important part of your business? Yeah, it's the really crucial actually. And there's the, the larger sort of macro business-related KPIs, like uh, the overall departmental vacancy rates and rent arrears, those sorts of things. And then you can break it down right down to individual performance, the number of calls that you want them to be making, uh, those sorts of things. So there's a vast range of KPIs. But the important thing is you need to monitor. Mm-hmm. And what we have found is that as through innovation and change, we make tasks and jobs easier or eliminate them that property managers can stretch the other tasks yeah. uh, to fill in the day if you're not careful. So to really get the benefits of bringing in efficiencies, you need to also be monitoring to make sure that the, from a business point of view, that the efficiencies are actually being created. And, and, and from the staff benefits as well, they know how they're performing if they've got clear KPIs, what they're being, and, what they're being measured against. Absolutely, and if you have competitive personality types and the KPIs are somewhat public, depending on the KPIs, then that can really drive them. Yeah. Um, you know, things like, almost like a competition. The, the other thing with KPIs is that you can performance manage as well, which is not something that's pleasant to talk about, but just means that you can clearly show somebody if they're below the expectations, and then you can help them to, to raise to another level. Mm. Can we look at how you market your properties? Because sure. they've always been um, very, again, innovative on, on the tools that you use to get your properties let quickly. What tools do you use and, and, and what trends do you see? Uh, how do you stay ahead of the game? I, th- I think with marketing, it's... There are areas of marketing that when you're talking to members of the public, they don't even realise take place. And one of the key early 
stage marketing ideas is to target directly the people that are most likely to rent a particular property. And while that may sound like mission impossible, and it always was for many years, I don't know if you remember, Dave, we, we gave up taking notes of what tenants were looking yeah, for. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, they remember never, that. Yeah, because they would never tell us when they found something. It was an administrative nightmare. Those days are gone now. And in fact, they can self-manage, or tenants can self-manage, in terms of uh, we use software called Inspect Real Estate, for example, where we get all the criteria of what tenants are looking for as they book viewings online. And with that criteria, we can then send them details of any new listings. So this software, and, and I know the product you're talking about, yeah. but for the viewers who don't know the product, tenants can book their viewings online. They'll get a list of times that will come available and That's they can pick what time they're going to. That's correct. So you prearrange the times that tenants can look through a property. They select one. And let's say they select a three-bedroom property for $350 a week in a particular suburb. The software remembers that. So if I then list a property as a business development manager in a three weeks' time, you can email out those people with a nice friendly email saying, hopefully you found something, but if you haven't, here's one that we think will meet your needs. And so this works in a twofold way. Um, Dave, imagine if you're a property owner and you've got a three-bedroom home Mm -hmm. worth about that amount in a particular suburb, and I come to see you with a list of the 18 groups of people looking for a property just like yours in your suburb at your price, uh, with the names blacked out, of course, yeah. uh, who, if you sign up your property with me to look after today, I'll go and email them all and let them know. So this is really powerful, powerful stuff. And from a practical point of view, if you're marketing directly to the people that are most likely to rent it, they might pay more rent, or you'll have a lower lower vacancy. As well as that, we combine that with video walkthrough tours. The videos are really good because, again, let's say now you're a tenant on that database, and you yeah. get a, this email saying, here's a property you might be interested in. On your phone or your tablet or at your computer, you can then click on a link and it takes you to, directly to a video walkthrough of yeah. that property. Um, so we're doing a lot of marketing which is happening automatically. All, right. all of this is done at the click of a couple of buttons, and people can unsubscribe yeah. from those lists. And that's that's the difference now is that somebody's found a property, they'll say, we don't want these anymore. So, so, yeah. so do you see a drop in, in phone inquiry? Yes, yeah, so there's about a 70% drop. Uh, a 70% drop in phone inquiry? It's a 70% drop from prospective tenants wanting to book viewing times. Right. Yeah. And what, what we found is it was absolutely incredible how that, how that worked, Dave, or how it used to work in the olden days of yeah. before before this, of course, was tenant would ring up, ask for time to view a property. Administrator would ask the property manager. Property manager would ring the tenant or the owner of the house, try and arrange a time, ring back the prospective tenant, and then if there was a change to be made, you had to redo the process. Again, technology gets around this, so now the tenant can just be looking at the property on the internet, click to book one of the prearranged times. They don't need to ring the office. It's not to say they can't, mm. but, but it's reduced by 70%. We actually had to take an administrative person and reassign them to other tasks to help generate new business because they had nothing to do. Right, so it's, it's those means your property managers, they can be managing more. Absolutely, yeah. And, and the other thing with combining the video tours with the ability of tenants to book in is that the properties rent generally about three times quicker, or to put that another way, with one-third as many viewings required by your staff. Mm. Okay. Now, in terms of um, 
So you use a lot of technology a lot to, to help market your properties. Um, what about disputes when you because you're always going to get you know the odd grumpy customer now and again or a tenant dispute. How how do you guys handle dealing with those? Yeah, we're just working our way through video uh, inspections mm-hmm. in terms of ingoing inspections and outgoing inspections. So before they move in and after they move out. And what we do is we, we video film following a particular pattern yeah. so that we can then take still shots from that video should we need to, just in case a tribunal doesn't, you know, doesn't like the yeah. video, that you can just take a photo. Uh, from the from the still video, but what we do is we take a video film um, and then again using outsourcing mm-hmm. um, that gets all typed up um, because the person is narrating as they're doing the video takes the property managers about twenty minutes and then somebody doing outsourcing about forty minutes. So somebody will will basically edit the video or tag up the video that will get used as what as, as an entry for the tenants or does that go to the owner? What what happens with the video? Uh, well, well the great thing is it can go to, to anybody because yeah. it's a very clear document and it means that if at the end of a tenancy uh, we've done the, the outgoing video, if a tenant's disputing that a hole in a door was nothing to do with them and was there at the beginning, you can simply send them two private YouTube links and say here's the ingoing video, pause it at a minute twelve, here's the outgoing one, pause it at a minute sixteen, and you'll see. And very quickly any Thoughts about trying to tenants trying to get their full bond back or taking you to court or whatever the case may be um, dissipates. Has so, it? Have you had any issues in tribunal using this? The, I suppose it gets rid of, eliminates any possibility for disputes in a certain way, won't it? Well, well it does. Although in, in tenancy tribunal, of course, you're sworn to, to tell the truth, um, <laughs> and, and I won't make any cynical comments about that. But uh, what we what we find is the Local Tenancy Tribunal here, where we live in the Manawatu, says that it's okay to use videos, but we have to leave them with a copy of the video. Right. Uh, So we are still taking still shots from the video, but that's why it's important to use certain techniques when doing the video film, because one of the main arguments from property managers was that they prefer the digital photographs because you can zoom in on a PC uh, after the fact. But there's techniques you can use. You can you can do the same thing by simply walking with a video camera up close to Max. On a well, I'm, I'm sure that you'll come up with some technology yeah. <laughs> which will, will identify those type of things. And I mean, we're talking really around disputes and, and how much time do you spend? I mean, the best thing to do is avoid the disputes. So how much time do you, do you spend with your tenants before they move into the property in terms of inducting them? Yeah, we have a... We probably spend about... 45 minutes to an hour, but Dave, what we do is possibly different to, to some others. The, the tenants come into the office, they're, they're welcomed, uh, they're made feel comfortable, given a tea, coffee, that sort of thing. Property manager comes and has a chat to them and explains they're actually going to watch a video, which will explain the clauses of the contract that's in front of them. Right. Um, that, that frees up 20 to 25 minutes for the property manager to go and do something else in their busy day, and then come back and see the tenants at the end, where they then just sign off that they've understood the mm-hmm. video and also that uh, they then cover any extra clauses so the the process takes about 45 minutes to an hour but usually about around 45 minutes of which we've halved the amount of time the property manager needs to spend so, so a good thorough induction is always a good yeah way to yeah they're also given a tenant handbook which spells yeah. out a lot of our uh, what the way that we prefer that 
things are done and the rights and obligations and those sorts of things. But the great thing with the induction video is that it's consistent. Yeah. So if you had six property managers doing six different presentations in six different offices, in the traditional way of doing things, we're just talking through the tenancy agreement, there could be some variation in what's being said. Yeah. And then it can come down to a dispute at some stage that someone was or wasn't told something. So, so the video is a good way of, of doing that. Yeah. Let's talk about you and your role. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you've, you've, you've just recently won the Leading Property Manager New Zealand for the Business Development Manager. Yes. No doubt you'll be round about thereabouts when we have the Real Estate Institute Awards coming up later this month. What makes you so successful, Greg? I've always been a very good networker, Dave, and I love, love people. And I just love uh, meeting people and getting alongside people. So I think something that helps me is that I'm passionate about what I do. But I'm also the sort of person that genuinely wants to help other people. So when I'm effectively selling my service to people, it's coming from a very genuine place of wanting to help them. And I think that if you are passionate and if you have that genuine love of what you do, then that, that somehow transfers. So, so, so what's more important to you, Rod, is it, you know, is it having the tools to show that you've got the Inspect Real Estate, we've got the video tours, we've got this, or is it more important to have the passion and to, to be able to get along with people? What do you think is more important? Well, I think that um, it's a really good question, Dave. It's, it's probably a mixture, but I think it's most important to have a connection with people because it's so easy to think about technology, to think about physical property, and houses, units, apartments, etc. But it's actually the people, and it's what's important to them, what's important in their life. And I'll always spend at least the first five minutes of any meeting with new prospective owners, owner clients, talking about nothing to do with property management whatsoever, and just building rapport, yeah. so that you have a connection. And uh, that's that's really key, so that they feel they have something in common with you. Because all too often, and particularly these days, now that it's unregulated, we're up against many potential yeah. other companies for people to choose between and sometimes it's the person that they like or mm. the person that they felt was sincere and like I say when you are sincere and yeah. passionate that's really helpful it's also important to have the the I guess the technology some points of difference it's you don't want to be playing vanilla ice cream when, yeah, yeah. when, when somebody can have you know some, something more impressive and everybody uh, should be able to identify some some selling points that they do that are just a bit different to now, other people. Now you've got a very very healthy management fee, um, and your average management fee. I won't go into what your fees are. I don't no. know, but your average management fee is pretty close to what you advertise. Yes. This tells me that there's not a lot of discounting that goes on. No, no. So how do you combat the? Because people will always ask you to discount, or they'll say that um, yeah. such a body down the road will do it right. whatever percent. Yeah, and uh, I guess just for the for the listeners' benefit, we're in competition with people who are going in at two and a half percent percentage points below what we are, and the thing is, we don't want to be the cheapest, and when we, are, when we are talking to people about helping them, it's important that we can demonstrate the value and why they pay a bit more. And that can be trust, but probably more importantly, it's demonstrating ways that you're going to earn them more money mm-hmm. and demonstrating just giving more advice than and more, more help, more tailored advice than what they might get from somebody, somebody else. So you really need to, if you want to charge a higher fee, you need to get your business to a level uh, and get your product to a level where you're very comfortable. 
Yeah. So you've got to have complete faith in your team yes. to sell that product. Oh, absolutely. And you need to know it's going to be very consistent and that what you are saying is going to, to translate across their whole experience. Yeah. So, Greg, I mean, we'll, we'll wind up, but just uh, before we get to the end, planning, how much, I mean, how important is planning to you? Uh, what type of goals do you set yourself? Can you give examples to our listeners? Yes, yeah. Do you mean personally, Dave? Well, both personally, yeah, professionally. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, well, professionally, with with my my goals around I'm a business development manager, I, I have actual targets, and that's really important to me. And um, I set myself a, a vision board, so with uh, which is um, put on the wall with with pictures of uh, things things where I want to be. For example, if I wanted to open another office, or if I wanted a hundred more properties to look after or whatever the case may be so that I actually have a visual representation of that. I've found that with setting goals, every time I've set goals, I've reached them in about two-thirds of the time I thought I would. So it's very, very important to to have a focus. Uh, and then, then I break the goals down to more to tasks. So for my business development, it'll be a certain number of people I need to see a week or talk to a week, a certain number of properties to right. sign up. So yeah. to say, as an example, a, a goal could be to win. 15 a month, to do that I have to talk to 30 people this week and I have to do X amount of appraisals, listings. That's correct, yeah, yeah. And so it's important to to set targets targets for yourself, but then you, and see, like the goals for me are more than just a vague, mm-hmm. a vague idea. It's I want to do something by a certain time, yeah. and when, I, when I've been quite specific about it, um, I found the universe is aligned somehow and have been focused on what I'm doing and like I say, probably two-thirds of the time I've managed to, to meet them. So if, if you're in a position or any of your listeners are in a position where you're just going from day to day, like I'm not sure what to do today, mm-hmm. yeah, drifting along, you are not probably being at your most productive, but also you're probably not enjoying it quite as much as, as you might. Um, if you have the me- measurable targets, it doesn't have to be a millstone. It can mm-hmm. be something really enjoyable. I, I have a target for a, a certain number of morning teas that I have to go out and run really? at business places per month. Yeah. Um, dinners, lunches, that sort of thing. So as I mentioned, networking is very important to me. And uh, and so that just means that you can, your target doesn't have to be mundane. Yeah. Greg, listen, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us on the uh, podcast. Thanks, we wish you all the best. Uh, with the business in the future it's always fascinating to watch what Watsons do because uh, they're always at the cutting edge and thanks for your time thanks very much Dave there's no doubt that Greg Watson is one of the industry's leading innovators and after spending some time with Greg and the team you can understand why they have won so many awards across New Zealand this podcast was put together by movinghouse.net.nz the leaders in marketing of your properties via video And also, big thanks to Palace Property Management Software. And once again, big thanks to the listeners. The John Crocker & Associates Property Management News Desk Podcast. Brought to you in association with Palace. Great property management software at getpalace.com. And Moving House Property Video. Bringing your listing to life at movinghouse.net.nz. John Crocker & Associates, New Zealand's number one property management consultants. Build your property management business at johncrocker.co.nz.